You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see, but I'm lacking the basement. Thoughts as I rap in the basement, but my come up is legend is greatness. Welcome to the Dennis Postuma Show. I'm your host, Dennis Postuma, and today we have a very special guest, Alicia Covey. Alicia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dennis. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. And let's start off with tell me a little bit about what you got going on and tell me about your show and your podcast and and what's going on with that. Yeah, so uh, I have a show called The Girlfriend Show. Basically, it's just me and my girlfriends. We talk about everything men, money, and mission. So if you somehow fall into one of those three, we're talking about you. Um, it's a lot of fun. I feel like there's a lot of business shows out there, um, that are geared towards business. You know, we saw a bunch of successful men do it and then women kind of followed after that. And, but for me, I feel like women are so multifaceted. I wanted to create a show where we could show off and hone all of those facets, not just business, not just motherhood, not just, Hey, what are we doing? But really make it feel like this is what girlfriends do when they get together. And that is exactly how the show is. So for guys, it's fun because I think they get to like be a fly on the wall. Yeah, like, yeah, this is exactly. What you all do when you're together, it's like, yeah. <laughs> we get to watch it, but like, it's not, it's not technically about exactly us. Usually, yes. it's not our name, right? So it's, yeah, we're like, oh wow, okay, that's what happens. So we're like, these bitches are crazy. <laughs> like, the conversation is like, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Yes. We have more than one going on at a time. It's like sometimes when I text with my girlfriends, I'm like, we really have three conversations going on in one strand. I don't think guys ever do shit like that. I've never seen my husband do that. But. Yeah. Yeah. We probably, we probably get lost at some point. You know what I mean? We'd be like, wait, what? Wait, wait, what was that answer for? <laughs> it's just like, nah. <laughs> I love it. And you know, one thing that like my, so ever since I started the television network, my eyes have been open to the amount of powerful women. They're honestly like, I mean, I get yelled at from my team all the time because they're like, you know, eventually we got to get some guys on this, on this network because like, I mean, kudos to the women of the world because they're just crushing it. And um, I mean, my wife and I just had a baby and seeing what it takes to be a mother, like just seeing from a guy, I don't know, obviously I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't, there's not enough, there's not enough respect you can give. So um, I'm bowing out. So uh, as far as that goes, so as long as you're not bowing out on the chores, you're good, man. <laughs> yes exactly yes <laughs> very true very true so um I I definitely don't I definitely don't I have my list and I uh I'm I you know trash day I I do not bow out on the chores so I mm-hmm. I promise you that so and I can change a diaper just like the best of them good so. to know so do you guys have a boy or a girl girl a girl, girl. Okay. do you have do you have any other children or just this one no, just this one. So I, I actually had a lot of surgeries um, and we had to do IVF. And mm-hmm. so actually all I have waiting for me is, is ladies. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, so, you, you. so I have, yeah, so I'm, I'm learning right now. So I'm, I'm just learning. I'm keeping my ears to the, to the stone here and listening and, and I'm just learning. So I have eight other ladies potentially in my life if I wanted them all eight. So, um, so I yeah, a lot, man. <laughs> there, I, yeah, I don't think I can, I don't think I can handle that much stress, but, or I don't think I can earn that much money either. So, um, uh, I really don't. And, and, and I, I'm only one guy, so I'd have to expand my team a lot more, 
<laughs> you can do it. You can do anything you put your mind to. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. You know, I'll just I'll just put that all in the business plan, like five to ten more team members per child that I have. And then well, I mean, and as soon as they grow up, you can start that's free labor, you know. So you can start incorporating them and they'll run your business for you. That was that was always part of the plan. That was always part of the plan. One hundred percent. I am I am not although I will tell you, my daughter, like probably she was five months old. But I was wearing a company logo and she was sitting on my lap and she was going like that. And I'm like, whoa, don't knock me off yet. Like, She's like, all I'm right, like, dad. <laughs> okay, we're ready. Yeah, I'm like, you're going to be CEO. You don't have to get rid yeah, of me now. I promise you're going to have it either way. <laughs> yeah. What, why, what, are you, what are you taking it over for already? So um, anyway, I definitely appreciate by all means um, what's going on in the world and where, where, we're, where we're going for that. So tell me a little bit about what success looks like for you. Yeah, you know, that took me a really long time to figure out, actually, because I've been an entrepreneur for almost 12 years. And uh, it just it never I never had a clear like, okay, this is what success will look like for me, because every time I would set a goal, I would achieve it. And then I would feel empty. I'm like, okay, so I achieved it. And now what? And um, that started to get really old. And I had to go on like a personal growth journey of what is it that's really going to make Alicia feel fulfilled. And at the end of that 18 months and a hundred thousand (laughs) dollars, I realized that, okay, I was making it way harder than it needed to be. And really for me, it's just two things. It's freedom and enlightenment. So when I'm on my deathbed, what I'm hoping for is that I can look back and say, you know what? I was enlightened as best as I could be. And to me, that's just growing and learning constantly. And then freedom, I want to be free to be able to do what I want, when I want, where I want, with who I want, as many times as I want. So that's like an ultimate goal, right? It's a big one. But um, that's what I work towards. How how did you come about that? Because I've, I've, I've 100% as an entrepreneur, I felt that. And I know that plenty of entrepreneurs or people I coach, I know have felt that too. How did you come up? Because we all run into that. Okay, yeah, I'm going to hit this goal. And then we get there and then we're like, oh, shoot. So how did you come about figuring that out? Or did it just come to you after 18 months? (laughs) Well, like I said, 18 months, and $100,000. Yeah, yeah. Investing in coaches. I mean, whenever I have an issue or an area that I see needs to be honed, I look for the person that I can find that does it best. And then I just dig deep with them. And so I actually got a, she calls herself a love coach, but like, I was like, okay, I guess I need to figure out how to love me because no one ever taught me. And so the only way that I felt valued was if I produced and I'm a great producer, which is like, oh yeah, I can produce with my eyes closed. But at the end of that is what? So you produced that's, that's not your purpose here as a human. It's a great thing to do and it makes you money and, you know, helps you achieve things. But in the end, you have to love yourself. Yeah, that's, that's very well put. That's a, tell me a little bit about like, when did you come about? So I've always been a huge fan. Like I was fortunate enough when I was very young to have mentors and, and even in business at 20 years old, I, I got a mentor and I was very fortunate and I've had coaches over the years and I, I've admired all, all of like the learning process with that. When did you come about that? Because I think that's a topic that a lot of people get and a lot of people don't get as yeah. far as it's like people think, oh, well, I'm paying for a coach and, or I, I got this, I, I don't need a mentor. I can do it all on my own, which you're going to pay one way or the other, either through time or, or 
dummy tax, (laughs) whichever one you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't like banging my head into a wall. And especially now that I'm getting old and I have to pay for Botox. I'm like, can we please just like, let's try to leave it as nice as we can. No more head banging for Alicia. I Um, love it. Yeah. So I think that you, that's an interesting topic. And I think that, and maybe it's changed a little bit now for my generation. I feel like men understood the need to have a coach much better than women did because you guys have been put in sports your entire life. It's like the second you're old enough to run and walk, it's football, soccer, basketball, hockey, you know, what do you enjoy? And part of that comes with a built-in coach and you don't even realize it. You're being coached constantly. And so for you guys, it's not a far stretch to say, oh, well, I need a coach in something I'm not good at because you've been doing it your whole life. Whereas for women, or at least in my generation, and I know there are some that had coaches and stuff, but it wasn't, we were more like, oh, learning to cook, you know, with our mom, with our girlfriends, that kind of thing. And so whenever we had to figure something out, if our mom couldn't help us, then we just had to figure it out. Right. And so I think that's what happened with me. I wasn't aware that there is a resource out there. And to me, the difference between a coach and a mentor is mentors are there to guide you in an overall view and point out like, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? A coach is there to guide you in a specific area. So like you have a football coach, you have a basketball coach. A mentor is someone who oversees your whole life. So they're going to look at all the aspects and usually coaches you pay and mentors are someone that you engage in some other format. Maybe, you know, it's uh, an older person that you met that you admire the way that they've lived, but that's how I separate it in my mind. That's actually, that's actually the best definition I've ever heard. (laughs) So that works out really well because that's, that's a, that's very good. Uh, That's going to help me in in the future. So that's a good way of looking at it is overall. So when people ask me that, like, oh, will you mentor me? I really think about like, do I want to know this person's life? Do I want to take on the responsibility of being the person to point stuff out to them? Are they coachable? Do they learn or are they headbangers? Yes. <laughs> they're headbangers. Like they're just going to annoy the shit out of me. So yeah. it's like, are you willing to put in the effort? Because if you're willing to put in the effort, I'm willing to be your mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a lot different when they're teachable and they're willing to listen uh, that's one of the things that my original mentor told me. He goes, well, if you're willing to shut up and listen, you'll be able to do this. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I was 20. So I was like, okay, sounds like a good plan, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and thank God I did. And thank God I was 20 because I see people now that like when they want mentorship or they want coaching, like they just, you know, they, they, in their mind, they have it mostly figured out. And they're not, what's, what's that? think they do <laughs> that's exactly the exactly the problem and it's like how do you attack how do you attack that i mean it was giving us good advice so far what how do you attack when when somebody thinks that they already have it figured out because i deal that with that all the time with um people who want coach and or people who want mentored or even people that work for me they feel like they've got it figured out and I think that's probably the most frustrating thing that I, second most frustrating thing, but the most frustrating thing that I run into is trying to get them to realize, okay, if you knew where you, how to do it, you probably already would have been accomplishing that, right? So what's your advice there? So I'm really blunt. Uh, And that's just the way it fucking is. (laughs) It's like, so if I, first of all, I look for that before I accept someone as a mentee or someone for me to coach, I look for their coachability because I'm not, if, 
if you don't understand that you don't know what you don't know, then we're going to have an issue. Yeah. And so to me, that also tells me that you're unaware of what you actually need. So what I'm looking for is for people that understand where they're lacking. Okay. I am making a hundred thousand dollars a year and I want to make a million. Okay. <laughs> That's great yeah. because I've already made millions. So I can definitely help you with a path to that. And that's something that I tell people too. stop hiring coaches that haven't done what you want to do. Like that's fucking insane. I'm like this 22 year old who's a life coach. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Life coach to who? I, I, she might, he or she might be the sweetest person in the world, but it's like the only person that you could possibly life coach would be teenagers. Yeah. (laughs) Because you, you haven't lived life yet. So um, I think that that's a big mistake that people make is they don't vet their coaches. Has your coach or a mentor done the things that you're wanting to do? If not, then they're not a good match. But as far as bringing people in, I really don't run into that often because I listen to what they say. I'm listening for the blame, the shame, the lack of accountability in our one-on-one call. And if I hear that, I'm just like, kindly, I don't think we're a good match because yeah. I'm not going to beat my head into a wall. Yeah. Not worth it. Biggest blessing is being able to choose who's your client and who's not. That's one of the things that I always admired originally when I saw my back to my mentor, when I saw him be able to choose that, I was like, you know, that's one of the biggest blessings is I saw him say, look, I, this is, this is, these are the areas I cover. You know, if if we're not a match, then that's okay. You know, give me a call if you need me. If not, thank you. A good coach will do that. And I, I, so coaching was never a thing that I was like, Oh my God, I want to be a coach. It's like, I did all of these things. And then people started asking me to coach them. And so, but I think that is a good coach, someone who can tell you, Hey, this is my forte. And then anything outside of that, I have context that I can share with you. So I'm always willing to connect people, but I'm not going to lead you in something. I don't know if you want to be a famous rock star, like good fucking luck with me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I can probably come up with some good ideas because I'm a problem solver. Yeah. But my first good idea would be to to find a rock star coach. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also from experience of entrepreneurship of all those years of experience. That's, you know. Yeah, I, uh, I I do appreciate that our industry is at least getting to that point where people recognize how important it is to have somebody who's actually went through the process and done it there for a while. I don't know how many years ago it was there for a while. There was, like you said, uh, you know, X number of coaches out there that wait a minute. What have you actually what have you done? <laughs> It's it's scary. And it's just like, I mean, anybody can be a coach. That's fine. And as long as you know what you're talking about and have done it, then that's great. I mean, teenagers need coaches too, but it's like, it's when you don't know what you're talking about and you're just going to test it out on this person. It's like, Ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's well put. Yeah. I like that. So uh, tell me what your biggest goal is. Mine, uh, yeah. I told you my two. I'm looking oh. to achieve those, man. I okay. want to be, be enlightened and I want to be free as fuck. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right. Well, that's, that's, uh, I feel like you probably are pretty close to it though. Are you not? Uh, I mean, I feel like financial freedom is, you know, different for everyone, but I said, sure. I want to be able to do what I want, when I want, where I want as many times as I want with whomever I want gotcha. <laughs> so, gotcha. until I can like call up Elon Musk and be like, Hey man, <laughs> let's go to Mars. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Then, then you got a little to strive for. That's a, that's, that's good. So um, what are some of the things you do? Cause obviously I feel like you don't have a problem in this area, but what are some of the things that you do daily to stay confident? 
Yeah, confidence is, I think confidence comes from doing and achieving. So to me, if you are lacking confidence, it's because you're not keeping your word to yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you say, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to work out every day, or I'm going to, um, you know, eat healthier, or I'm going to, whatever it is, when you break those promises to yourself, you break your core confidence yeah. and no one can build that confidence for you except you. So the promises that I make to myself are just as important as the promises that I make to my children or my husband, and I'll keep those promises. So I'm also very aware of the promises that I make to myself. And yeah. that being said, I think that there's a huge difference between the way that men and women can run their lives most effectively. So in the beginning, um, obviously I'm old. So most of the people that I got information from were men, you know, successful men. And I'm so grateful for that. I've had so many amazing men in my life who were just willing to give me information just for free, just pass it on. And originally what I would do is I would take that information that they would give me, you know, their morning routines, the way that they handle their staff, all of these things, I would take it that block of knowledge and then plug and play. And then what I realized after about a decade of doing that is I was turning into a man and my husband let me know kindly that he was not gay. And so I was just like, Oh fuck, I better learn how to be a girl (laughs) because what I'm turning into is a woman who acts just like a man. And that doesn't give me room for is to embrace my femininity, which some of my biggest superpowers are feminine. And I had to step back and realize that, you know what, this might be a man's morning routine, but there has to be more room for flexibility and flow in a woman's morning routine, because you guys only have one cycle that you're on. It's 24 hours. We're on a 24 hour cycle with you. Plus we're also on a 28 day cycle. And in those days, things behave differently. And so until I was willing to really put in the effort to understand the cycles that my body is on, I wasn't able to maximize those for best use. So my routine fluctuates during the month, if that's the long way to get around. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really, that's, that's very interesting. Cause that's a good point because um, even with like, with nutrition and things like that, that um, we talk about a lot. Um, what, what is, what have you found works best for a woman versus when you were going like using a man's routine? What have you found that's worked best for you that actually, that you would suggest to women out there to make sure that they don't, don't turn into a man's routine because, um, you know, there's a lot of that coaching is put into one place. And that, like you said, it is not the same. Yeah. So I think, um, I competed in like, um, fitness competitions. So I competed in bikini just to see if I could do it. I was just like, I've had two kids, two C-sections, like, let's see if I can. And um, with that comes a lot of dedication to, you know, your physical appearance. So Mm -hmm. working out, eating correctly, understanding your macros, what you put in, uh, because your body is science. So it's just like, it's super fucking cool if you take the time to get to understand it. But uh, some key differences that I think looking back, I would have adjusted sooner are men do really, really well with a very regimented routine because you're the only cycle you're on is 24 hours a day. When you wake up, you're ready to get that workout in. You're ready to get straight to business. You're ready to do those things. Whereas for a woman, depending on where I am in my cycle, uh, that really affects what type of workouts I should be doing. So for instance, the week before my period, my body, my metabolism is actually amped up. I burn on average, 270 to 300 calories more a day doing the exact same thing. 
So what I used to do was starve myself. I would tell myself, it's in my head. I'm not really hungry. It's in my head. This is ridiculous. I'm eating the same macros that I always do. And then I'd be a huge bitch, of course. Uh, but I would get through it and everybody would mostly live. <laughs> what? I, and then Very after, few casualties. Yeah. I mean, my husband survived all of it. <laughs> but what I realized is, and then after your period, I started noticing like, I'm never hungry the week after my period. I don't feel hungry. And so I wouldn't eat as much. And I thought, I'm like, I'm crazy. And then I found this book called In the Flow and it literally breaks down the science behind all of these things. So everything I was noticing, it's actually real. So your body kicks up its metabolism as it's preparing for your period. And then after your period, it lowers it so that your body can go back to stabilizing. And the week after your period, I call it social lubricant. You probably noticed after your wife is done with her period, she's happy as fuck. It's like, all you have to do is blow her a kiss. And she's like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> but you know, so that, that seven ish days after your period, Take you're super, it's true. You're yeah. like super happy. You're outgoing, you're connective. Everything is, you know, moving so easily and simply it's that's when you're super creative. Those are the times that you need to be doing those types of projects and connecting with people. And then the week before your period, everybody calls it PMS and they're like, oh, you turn into a bitch and this and that. It's like, no, actually what your hormones are doing is making you be more like a man because your hormones are dropping so that you're going to have your period because you're not pregnant. You're more analytical. You're more easily able to decipher, is this good? Is this bad? How do I problem solve this? And it makes us appear to be more bitchy in comparison to the first week, right? Because the first week, it's like social fucking lubricant. We're happy. We're excited. We love everyone. But that week, that's the time when we're supposed to be pulling our energy in and really evaluating the things that have happened this month. What are we going to change for next month? Because our analytical mind is super hyped up. And it's like, no one tells you this. And then right. people just assign like she's being bitchy or she's being this or that. And it's like, well, if we actually understood the science behind what our bodies are doing, we could maximize on those times. And that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. That, I mean, first of all, amazing. That's a, a, tell me, first of all, from, from a woman's perspective, what, what do you suggest a woman does that week before and, and to help make sure to help that process go smoother? Yeah, what, yeah. Do you, what do you suggest for that? Yeah. So first of all, read that book in the flow by Elisa Reedy. She's okay. fucking phenomenal. Like sounds the, like it. The shit in that book is unreal. And it's like, I think every woman who reads it as they read it, they're like, I knew it. I knew it. I'm not crazy. Like I knew I was sensing these things. I knew I was feeling these things. I just didn't understand the logic behind that rhythm that we're on because nobody teaches it. It's really kind of sad. It's like, wait a minute, we're in the 21st century and we're not teaching women how to work with this cycle that they're on. We're just yeah. like oh, fucking medicator. Cause she's crazy. And it's like, no, we are this way for a reason. So what I would recommend that week before your period is to really be thoughtful about what you do. Your body is gearing up to do something huge. It needs more support. It needs more food. It needs to be um, like a little bit more chill in the gym. So if you go to the gym and you do hit and you do like really intense um, cardio during that week, your body, because of the way that your hormones are actually puts you into starvation mode. So those women that always bitch, they can never lose that last five pounds. That's why they're putting in extra work and their body is literally like, fuck you. So yeah. that week before your period, you should just be lifting heavy. Everything should be slow, concentrated, heavy weight lifting, no fucking cardio. 
And then the next week after your period, go ape shit if you want to. But your body is, when you do that to your body, then it, it holds on because it thinks like you're trying to starve me and I need my energy. And then my metabolism is already kicked up. So if you're not compensating for that, your body just goes into starvation mode and saves everything. And then you can't understand. You're like, I'm so consistent, just like a man. And yet I don't have, I have all this cellulite. And it's like, yeah, because we're not just like y'all. Yeah, that's so... First of all, you're right. They should be teaching that in eighth grade. Like Please. that should be in health Y'all class. We would be much happier because we would be much happier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why? That's, I mean, we should start like a petition for that. <laughs> so, like, uh, uh, wait a second. Can we teach people how to balance their checkbooks and uh, about their hormones in their bodies? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Let's just uh, do some common sense things yeah. that we're, we've decided to skip through the entire the last time. Of years. Yeah. Exactly. So what would you suggest for uh, a man to do differently to, I mean, first of all, obviously now me being 40 and just hearing us, um, we need to be educated because, uh, you know, I mean, that for me, that's extremely enlightening. I feel like almost not going home and telling my wife that we did this podcast and then just feeling like, just start I, acting. I really, yeah, I learned a lot, sweetie. Hey, I want you to know, you know, I, I want to feel like I just, I just. <laughs> I wanted you to know, I picked up this book and I read through it and I wanted to give it to you too, but no. <laughs> oh, that would be like the biggest brownie points ever. <laughs> yeah. like, Holy shit. Yeah. Honey, I highlighted this. I'll, I'll actually, I want you to send me one that's already highlighted though. So that you I can read through. Yeah. And I don't do that. I literally, I gave away one book one time because the guy said he would give it back to me. And he of course never fucking did. And I was so butthurt about it. My husband's like, buy another copy. And I'm like, it's not about that. It's yes. about the highlights and the notes. <laughs> and he was just like, never give a book away again. Okay. And I'm like, I got it. <laughs> I get that. You know, what's happened, what I do, by the way, I buy like, so what happens is I find a good book and I, I like buy three of them. Yeah. And I never, I, I tell people you want to, you want one, yeah, here's your book. You can copy what I highlighted. You can copy my earmarks. Like, I'm serious. I, same thing, same experience happened to me. I'm like, you can copy it. That is not leaving my conference room. Yeah, <laughs> that is exactly how I am. Like all of my books still have all of my notes in them. And I'm just like, no, 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 nobody touches them. I get it. I a hundred percent. So when I write a book, just, you know, I do a workbook uh-huh. to go with it because like, Smart. I, I love, I love highlighting and everything. And I get really, I get really pissed off when I forget about something. Yeah. So like I have a workbook and I do it as obviously I do it for myself. And that mm-hmm. really helps a lot of people for doing that. So side yeah. note. But back to back to getting to where what do us what do we need to do as guys to make sure that we're more aware of this and we're more conscious? Yeah, I think that something that Charles has uh, adopted and has been really really nice for me is that when he wants to go out and do things with other people, he's very conscious of is it the first half of my like cycle or is it the second half? And especially if he needs me to connect with them, because as women, I'm not saying men aren't connective and don't have high EQ, but women are naturally gifted in connection, right? So if, if it's my role to connect with people and it's the week before my period, of course I can still do it. And of course I can pull it out, but it's not as genuine as the first, you know, right after my period for those first seven to 10 days, when it's like, 
social fucking KY everywhere. It's like everybody's slipping inside and it's great and easy. And so, I mean, I think that if you just pay attention to that and then realize that week of PMS, your wife is going to be more analytical and she's going to be really thinking about what are the problems that I'm seeing? What do I need to prepare for? And how do I work through those? So if you have problem solving that needs to be done, that's a perfect time to bring it to her because her brain is just already in that. Now, don't be a dick and just like slap it on her desk. Hey, I know you're PMS and here's one more thing, but you know, kindly, yeah. hey, babe, you want to go on a date and can, I need some, I need some help with this. Yeah. She might really appreciate that because it's more, it's calmer and it's thoughtful. Those and the time is there for that. Whereas in the beginning of the month, you're just excited and she might be like more energetic and more connective and she might not want to really focus on a problem. She'd rather be more creative. Wow. That's I'm getting schooled today. I love it. So uh, I appreciate it. I really do. So um, let's see anything else that you want to really share on the podcast that we didn't go over. I do have one other question I want to hit on, but anything else that you want to hit on that we haven't really went over? No, uh, that I love guys. I'm like, I love you guys. Y'all are fucking awesome. It's so funny though, because the, my podcast is called the girlfriend show. Like that doesn't give it away. That's about girl shit. Yeah. But guys will get so angry. They're like, what about the four hours a day of work I do that's unpaid? And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't say anything about you. <laughs> it is not that. about you, right? It's not, it's not about, we love you guys. Like this is about women. And so if you'll just be flexible and open to listening and hearing, uh, I, I think that's for all of us though. Can we just listen and can we just connect instead of taking things so personally? You know? Absolutely. I, I agree. We all need to be empowered and move forward and really grow as individuals and, you know, at both sexes do. And I, I don't worry. I already talked to your husband. We're going to start the boyfriend show. Oh, I um, think that would be fucking phenomenal. I, except I know what y'all would talk about because I talk <laughs> with guys too. Yeah, we get we get kicked off really fast. But um, <laughs> no, I think it'd be great. Yeah. Well, hey, tell him tell him I'm looking for it. So uh uh, what would you tell one sentence? If you could tell yourself one sentence, uh, your 20 year old self, what would it be? Lighten the fuck up. It's okay. just not that serious. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I would have way less gray hairs now if I wouldn't have taken everything so seriously. Yeah. What's if your, what, none of us are getting out of here alive. That's very You've true. Dying since you were born. <laughs> yes. Yep. Slowly one day at a time. Yep. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you tell people who need to de-stress? How do they, what, what do you suggest? I really think stress comes from not knowing and loving yourself. And so for me, that was a, like, I used to say things like, I'm so fucking busy. Like my schedule is ridiculous. I don't have any time. I don't this and that. And since I've learned to love myself and accept myself, instead of I'm so busy, it's like, wow, look at all the opportunities I have. And I get to select which ones I want to do. That's pretty fucking awesome. And then I don't let the others stress me out because I'm content and happy with me. And I know that everything is working for me, not against me. So I think that there's definitely, you know, involvement of a higher power of some kind, whether it's God or Jesus, Muhammad, I don't care. (laughs) I call it the universe half the time, God half the time. I'm like, Hey, whatever you are up there, you know what you are. (laughs) It doesn't matter what I call you. I'm sure you got it figured out. Right. Yeah. Hopefully you do. (laughs) And if not, we're fucked anyway. Following your lead. So Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, I think it's that, I think it's realizing that, you know what, everything is not so serious. That doesn't mean don't perform in excellence. I have a very high standard of excellence, but I also understand that if I did the best that I could with what I had, then that was excellent. Yeah. 
That's awesome. That's well, thank you for selecting our time with us to be on the show today. So I yeah, appreciate enjoy. that. And uh, so tell me, uh, how can everybody get a hold of you? Yeah. So Instagram, it's just Alicia Covey um, with an E. <laughs> it's spelled weird. My mom let my brother name me and he picked Elisha from the Bible, the boy. Oh. And she kept it. And I was like, thanks, lady. <laughs> like, and it's kind of funny, but not funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just Alicia Cup. It's also the same on TikTok and everywhere else. So pretty yeah. easy to find. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to working with you more, um, hopefully with all sorts of other things and getting you on the magazine. So thank you very much. And uh, we appreciate you being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Look, I am just a man on a mission. If I want it, then I get it. I go. And if you're trying to test me a beast, you gon' need Liam Neeson. The chance that you're taking is flagrant. You're testing your luck. If you think you'll make it out, then you're sadly mistaken.